welcome to the Orion Podcast with Jessa and Laurel. In today's episode, we connect with Jeremy Naylor of 7th C. This experience is full of gratitude. We enjoyed spending time together talking about how to create a workforce that removes pollution in our waters and builds social value and awareness globally. We hope you like this brief walkabout with Jeremy. Enjoy. Transform business, change the world. That's the Tory Project's mission. If you're concerned about environmental degradation, social injustice, or the shredding of our democracy, check out Tory Project. This exciting new organization teaches entrepreneurs how to build highly profitable businesses that also act as a force for good in the world. Follow Tory Project on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and check out David J. Farron on LinkedIn to watch his videos designed for first-time founders and entrepreneurs. Sign up to join their next boot camp or volunteer to help out at www.toryproject.org. Hey, Laurel. <laughs> hey, Jessa. Who's our guest today? <laughs> we have Jeremy there with 7th C. Thank you for joining us. Um, Absolutely. I, hopefully I'm not too delayed on my video here, but I think we're all caught up. Thanks for joining. You're good. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. And how are we connected, Jessa? Well, we actually were referred to Jeremy, and we were referred by Opolis. And I don't know why all of a sudden I'm just drawing a blank. Why can I not remember? Oh, James. Opolis. James. Meryl. Meryl. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, Jessa, this is not the time to forget a name because I'm usually very good with names. But so we um, – and we were introduced to Jer – or sorry – there's too many J's. So Jared introduced us to James, who introduced us to Jeremy. And I know, but it's so fun <laughs> because we get to talk to all these really cool businesses and they're like, you know who you should talk to next. And James introduced us to Jeremy and the work you're doing with 7C. And we have been able to connect with you before this. And mm-hmm. so excited for you to be on here and share the work you're doing. So thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. No, I'm so appreciative both of you for having me and and uh giving myself and and seven c this opportunity to help spread the message just a little bit more so thank you yeah and so we'll just kind of dive into it and you know we've been talking to you about your work today but can you you would like to start off with like your journey like how you got to where you're at today which i know i'm i'm sure is I'll, I'm going to make a guess that's over 20 years, but if you could kind of <laughs> yeah. give us a little bit of, you know, where you got started in your career and in your, in your passion that's led you to, to founding 7C. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a long one, of course. Yeah, definitely over 20 years, but uh, I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. Um, so when I started my career out of uh, college, I, uh, you know, I honestly, I didn't know what I, what I wanted to do. So that was the first time that I, I decided to travel uh, alone and, uh, traveling alone for those of us who have done it. It's, it's, it's quite an amazing thing. You, you meet people you'd never, never even dreamed to that you'd meet. And you find yourself in situations that really give you an opportunity to see the best in people. And, um, so I went and I did that and it really opened my eyes. I spent a month in Costa Rica and just amazing down there. Uh, I came back and I ran into an old, uh, an old friend, actually one of my, my best friends, his, his stepfather. And he, 
he had a really good thing going on in, in insurance. And so, um, you know, I felt like I could, like I could help people. Like I said, I wasn't really sure what I really wanted to do. And, uh, so I did it. And then eight years later, I, I kind of had one of those moments that we all, I, I think have where I, I had to ask myself, is this really me? And, and of course, you know, for, for me, it wasn't. And so I, I decided to, uh, basically let go of everything in the industry and sell my book of business and just went on walkabout again. And so <laughs> the, that was the beginning of, of a massive journey that was nearly three years ago. And, um, I saw nine countries in, in Asia, starting in Nepal, down through India and Sri Lanka, and then over to Southeast Asia and down to Australia. Australia was the 10th country. And again, it was uh, just so many great experiences. I was by myself, so um, was rescued by locals in more ways than one. You know, well, that's um, what I was going to ask anytime. you, Jeremy. Like, what is your favorite walkabout? story where a stranger helped you in some way or some like ridiculous moment <laughs> well there's many ridiculous moments and uh you know times where being being alone I, I got scared or nervous for no reason at all um but the big one and uh that applies to seventh seat actually was uh when i was on chargo i was there for and Chargal is where our, our main operations are right now, where, where we're cleaning up daily. And um, so I was there for a short period of time. I was only on that on the island for a week. And like day two or something, I, I finally get a motorbike, and I'm sitting in uh, I'm sitting in in this like this restaurant that's you know just palm leaves and uh, and <laughs> basically. Um, like a, a makeshift roof. And anyway, um, I'm just, I'm starving. I hadn't eaten anything all day. And I sit down, I've got my barbecue in front of me and then the earth starts shaking. So earthquake <laughs> is happening. And I'm, I'm just looking around being from California, as you both know, um, I'm just waiting it out to see how bad it's going to get. If I need to run out, there were people running out of the restaurant and I'm like, I just got my food. I think it's going to be okay. And so, yeah, it passed. And then the waiter walks by afterward and he's like, oh, that's so strange. That never happens here. Of course, he was being sarcastic, <laughs> but it got in my head. And honestly, I like, I, I felt my mom on my shoulder in my <laughs> ear, like, get to high ground, get to high <laughs> ground. Yeah. And so I just jumped on my motorbike and, just started driving. The uh, the next day, I realized that I was nowhere near high ground uh, the entire time. I'm just driving through the through the night. Um, so after probably like 20, 20 minutes or so, I come to an intersection and I'm just looking, trying to see which way to go. And a lady comes out from her house. She could tell I was in some sort of distress. And her name's Janet. And uh, She's like, you know, what's up? What's going on? I'm like, is your earthquake or is anybody worried about tsunamis? And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so she ends up, she jumps on the motorbike with me. I can't get any service. So I, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's going on. She takes me down where I can 
get service. I, I literally called my mom and, um, and tried to see if there was any information on, you know, uh, earthquake. It's the ring of fire. This happens every day. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and then you're like running around the island, like being terrified and this woman rescues you. And <laughs> yeah. That. And she ends up becoming, you know, one of our, our supporters on the, on the island. She's, she's been in almost, and her family have been in almost every cleanup. Uh, the next day I went back to thank her and we, uh, her whole family, everybody jumps on motorbikes. We end up going and surfing for like the afternoon and just, they've been great. Yeah. Oh, that's and, so fun. Yeah. I and do a whole podcast on uh, stories oh, I have like this, because I'm a very scared person. <laughs> oh, I, I, we all are to some degree. And yeah, but that's, see, that's what I found when I traveled is, uh, is that in those moments where you think, you think you're in trouble and, uh, and somebody comes along and you end up meeting people and making these lifelong friendships that's, um, yeah, you just never saw coming. That's so, so funny. I, I was just thinking this, a quick little anecdote when you were talking about your mom is a very similar thing. And I just sent my mom this meme yesterday and it was, it was like a, it, it was a meme about like hurricane in the Indian ocean. You get a text from your mom. I heard there's a hurricane in the Indian ocean. Are you okay? Which is like a text I would get from my mom being here in San Diego. Like, I, yep. you know, so <laughs> yeah, cut, cut from a similar cloth. Yeah. Uh, I said uh, that to my mom. She's like, what are you trying to tell me? I'm like, Let's go, my mom. Anyway, I digress. Um, Well, so like, okay, so you're going on this journey and you're meeting all these people, doing it, have all these really cool experiences, and probably like, you know, questioning, like, I'm assuming, like, what does life mean? What am I here for? (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, that's that's what uh, that's what walkabout is all about, right? And um, what is? Let me step back. What is a walkabout? Like, what's the difference between going on a trip and going on a walkabout? So, I mean, you know, my understanding of it is, uh, you know, originated in in Australia with native Australians. And really, this is, it's an interesting concept, I think, that a, a lot of us have sort of lost touch with in our communities that, you know, when we were of a certain age, these rites of passage where, when you when you got to upper adolescence or or whatever young adulthood, you you had to go out amongst uh, basically go fend for yourself. And I think that the the purpose really is 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 finding yourself, getting back to yourself in a way because uh, there's there's something that happens in that age, you know, or early teens or or whatever it may be that we start looking outside ourselves for who we are, but it's, it's not outside ourselves. It's in here. So at 30, 33 years old, um, I, you know, I had, I'd done walkabout before, but I didn't get everything that I needed out of it. And then I, I went back and again, started looking out outside myself for, for what was right for me. And so I, I needed to go on big, a big walkabout. So that was f- five months. Wow. And you're absolutely right. I think you de- you depicted it well that it's uh, it's soul searching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because when I was a young teenager, we did not a walkabout, 
but one of the rites of passage was going to Kairos. And Kairos was meant to be a time for your internal self and exploration. And at the time, I really, um, it was just a bunch of Catholicism. Like it, the Kairos itself was just a really big Catholic rite of passage. But now I reflect back on it and it was, it's all internal spiritual. Who am I? Where am I going? Free yourself from these chains that you've put on yourself that don't need to be there. And yeah. I, I think maybe similar to a rumspringer, maybe similar to, you know what I mean? Just what, what, was the last, what was the last thing? A, a rum? From rumspringer. Like the Amish, when they get to a certain oh. age, they're given an opportunity to to go out of their community and see what quote unquote the other like life is. And I think that's right. That's translatable to many different traditions, many different religions. It's this, mm-hmm. this crux that you come to and like you did on your journey, you're like I'm at a crux, I'm fending for myself. What is this that's important to me? And I hear you say some of the things that came through on your journey was you were so vulnerable in just being yourself, being scared, yeah. be on your motorbike and allowing someone to witness your vulnerability and help you. Mm-hmm. And I just want to honor you for doing that because many people would just suffer in silence. And you, you were like, okay, I'm going to let this woman on my motorbike. We're going to bond. And then you even took it a step further. And now that human is a part of your soul tribe that is with you in seventh seas. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, just so lucky to, for her and for the, the multitude of, uh, of people who've, who've come out of the woodwork to, um, to support Seventh Sea and, and myself. It's, it's truly a blessing. Yeah. Um. Tell us what it is then. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's get into Seventh Sea. Yeah. What is it that okay. you do and why? <laughs> so, uh, really, really it's the why. So, uh, along the journey, the other thing that I noticed other than having these great experiences with the locals was of course, trash everywhere. And, you know, it's really no different than here. We, we notice it, our, our environment is a little bit, uh, better manicured, but, uh, you know, overseas, especially along the equator and all these islands, they just, they act like nets and you know our 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 trash trash from all over the world ends up washing up on these beaches and so um like i said a, a big part of of that that walkabout was getting back to myself i like to think of it as getting back to my 5 year old self what did i what do i really value and um i was reminded of as i saw all this trash and i've always wanted to do something about it and i I truly believe that we all want to do something about it. Just comes down to to time, really. You know, we all want to be part of beast cleanups and we do from time to time, but do we do it as often as we'd like? No. So we need more opportunity to help. And so when I got back, I, I thought about it and you know, I realized um all these people who were so kind to me and, and have helped me, why don't I help create jobs? over overseas picking up the trash that i've that we we all see all the time so uh, i missed this part but i actually i the idea came to me when i was probably 14 or 15 surfing here in in california i always pick up trash and then i i leave the beach and um and 
and you have to tear yourself away from it literally because if you keep looking down you'll just see more and more and uh so yeah seventh c it's all about buying time so you know we create an opportunity to buy time by providing sustainable ethically made products and each one of those gives one of our sea saviors a day to clean an entire day when we were getting to know you what jumped out to me was that it was kind of like jobs first. Well, I mean, obviously it's inspired by the waste that the, the, um, the waste that we have put into the earth system, whoever, I mean, we, the Royal big, we have put into the Earth's system and yeah. it washes up on these islands and your oper- your idea is, okay, there's a problem. There's a bunch of waste. That's really bad. We're, we're doing it. And you're like, instead of just, hiring a bunch of Americans to go travel and on their vacay or their corporate retreat, pick up trash, not saying that those aren't valuable, but it, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not that you're saying I'm going to create jobs in this local community so that I can build them up and bring awareness. And the way that yeah. I engage people from other communities and bring awareness to the trash that we're all creating is by selling these products that fund those jobs in the first place. And so it's sort of your own little miniature economy that you're creating. Exactly. Yeah. And, and just the, the further that, uh, that economy grows, the more locations we can, we can set up. So after this is, is Bali and, you know, there's a massive problem on, on Bali, of course, that we all know about. And then after that, we'll go Dominican Republic and Namibia, Hawaii will be kind of a California-esque uh, location. And um, yeah, so that's that's the plan. We're launching our crowdfunding on May 11th through Indiegogo. And, um, you know, every everything from that is, is going towards launching our, um, our actual product sales, which will come within about a month of, of the campaign ending on June 11th. And uh, so product development, mass marketing campaign, opening those next locations. I'd really love to have all of them open by the end of the year. That's, that's my goal. Um, and, and, uh, we have, there's 10 of us now. Um, so I have, I have helped to open those locations as well. Our head of business development, development, excuse me, Sarah Murado. She's, uh, amazing. Um, just a absolutely beautiful human. Another person who I met on the island, she just threw a, threw a friend. She was at our first cleanup and she basically ran it for me because the first one that I had, I had ever done and she kind of took over. She must've sensed my, uh, you know, that <laughs> it was my first time and she's just, she's a total boss. Um, so she'll, she'll be helping open the other locations as well. And when you talk about this and, you know, creating jobs, cleaning up beaches, um, to buy time. So, so what's being done with that time? Like what, what are, what's going on, I guess, or what should be going on in parallel to doing the cleanup work? In parallel to cleanup work, uh, you know, a lot of it's working with the community because, you know, the, the first thing is actually picking it up. But while we're out there, one thing that's really cool is, the community sees what we're doing and they almost always come out and start helping, especially the little kids. And it's just, if there's anything that I could say is the coolest part of, of all of this, it's that 
they don't even think about it. They just come right out and like, this is what we're doing. So let's do it. And, and same thing with their, uh, with their parents and, and they get involved. But, uh, the other side of it is working directly with local governments, you know, to make sure that not only everything that we, we pick up is, is disposed of or repurposed or recycled in the right way and other NGOs, but also that, uh, that the community leaders are helping us um, trickle the message down into the communities. But really, we do a lot of that as well. Um, one of the initiatives that I want to start really soon is, uh, is our, our C schools, seventh C schools. So I want to, um, not just for you know promoting sustainability, but getting people involved with the ocean. I mean, one of the things that you realize when you're traveling is that just because you're live on an Island doesn't mean you know how to swim. You know, it doesn't mean you spend time in the ocean. And so we want to start a, a surf school, like seven sea snorkelers and sailors and all this stuff. I like to use alliteration. So, if Big alliteration fan there. Big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, like, I, you know, as I'm thinking about this and, and the work you're doing and the source of the plastic, is it what you're seeing? You know, you said that some is from the U.S. Is this a result? And I don't know if you know this, so sorry if I'm on the spot. Is this a result of things uh, being polluted in the water here that are going through the oceans, getting washed up in other areas or and or a result of us outsourcing our trash and recycling to other countries? It's, it's both. And it's also, I thought you were going to say, you know, is it, is it also, you know, uh, to, to some degree, the, the local um, waste management issues as well? Yeah, it's, I get it's all, all of it. Of, where, like, how do we stop the source? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, well, we need to use a lot less, of course, but, uh, but that comes with education. So, you know, when we're working with the community, we're teaching them things and, and providing alternatives that is going to help their waste problem minimize. So what's coming into the waterways from the, from the land and reaching the ocean, that's one way of going about it. And then the other that you were referencing that gets uh, from currents and everything gets washed up on the shore. So we're picking that up as well. And in addition, yeah, we, we ship a lot of our trash all over the world, out of sight, out of mind. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not, not a good thing, but yes, we're picking up that trash as well because they don't have the, uh, the infrastructure to deal with that. Yeah. That's like what I think about is, I mean, obviously thank you for doing this by the way, because it's, it's such a big problem and it's so overwhelming mm -hmm. that it can be hard to even know where to start, but I think just starting somewhere, yeah. And then, that like, stops a lot of people is just is just starting, but we we need to think in terms of progress. We're we're very uh, like goal oriented. Like if we can't get there tomorrow, then we don't want to do it. But and this applies to a lot of different uh, concepts, whether it's what we're eating, uh, how we consume in general, is is something that each one of us you know uh, can take into consideration. And again, we don't need to be perfect ever. We just need to try, you know, it's good for us all. Well, I think, yes. And I, I love the idea of the program that you're thinking, you know, it's like starting with like local education 
and or should say starting mm-hmm. implementing local education as part of this because it, it sounds like such a Sisyphean task to clean up the pollution that's going into the waterways and then just having it cycled back in. And so being able to like see that complete picture and, um, you know, kind of the circular effect of it, it, I think is so critical for, for, like you said, your progress. And then, you know, as the United States, I think we really, really, and this is a Laurel and I are very big on is like bringing awareness to issues and because it's like, once you know about it, it's hard to ignore it and right. what you will, but at least bring awareness. And I think that's something a lot of people don't realize is that our trash is exported. And on top of that, yeah. other countries are stopping to, or I should say recycling, which is, let's face it, is trash for the most part. And other countries are stopped, they've stopped purchasing that. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's this, whatever, I could go on about this forever, but um, <laughs> I just think, good. you know, like, it's, it's so great that you you had the ability to travel and see this firsthand impacts of that. And I think for a lot of us, it's so out of sight, out of mind, overwhelming and, mm-hmm. you know, knowing where to start. And and I think for all of us, it's just a reminder, like reduce, reuse. Like, yeah, definitely. And, and every, every little bit that we, that we all do, the more aware we become, like you, you had referenced the, just the awareness factor is grown massively and that this is that's one of those exponential things that you can't measure measure the more people get on board the more people are conscious of these these issues i that's what really led me to do this is knowing at heart we all care we care about it and we want to do something about it but we need we need um organizations that we trust that are going to continue to get the message out, not only get the message out, but also really do what they say they're going to do and, and show that they're doing it and get people even more involved. So uh, another large part of, uh, of our, um, of our organization is, uh, you know, the content that we create and um, my good friend, Sean Farkas, who I actually also met on the island, he lives in in Venice. He's done a great job with our our social media and our marketing, and um, he's uh, he's really an artist. And so the content that he he creates and also facilitates from our other content creators that's so important. You know, using social media and all YouTube, you know, everything mm-hmm. to to get that out there and to to have it in such a way that it, it, it pulls people in and attracts people and, and just, just gets them to listen just for a little bit. And then we slowly start making changes personally. And then that goes a really long way. You guys that need scales. to do a documentary. <laughs> you probably, I don't that know if you talked be... about this, but I see, it seems very like Netflixy, you know, we were talking about someone's before this, but like a Netflix documentary style, like. Um, I'm up for anything. Let's do it. Know? Got to get Zac Efron on. Zac Efron, any connections? We need to get Zac Efron with his show to oh, Laurel yeah. Project, the Lithium Mine, and then to Seventh C. Yeah, yeah. I yes, this just uh, high five, Zac Efron. We are here, uh, inviting <laughs> you, inviting you to our projects to enhance your your series. And I will say that you know before we started talking, as Jessa mentioned. And we were talking about a documentary. And I think that um, to your Venetian friend or the guy that was in Venetia, that, in Venice that helps you with your work. Um, 
it's crucial to tell the story in a way that engages people and sticks in a proper loving way. And I think one idea that popped up for me, when I look at the plastic that I have in my hand and in my house, it's really easy for me to go to the blue bin right out here and go, okay, it's taken care of. Well, now we know that when you put it in the blue bin, it's actually not taken care of because nobody's going to buy that anymore. And mm-hmm. now if you look at that, that item that you think you're going to recycle and think of it as exporting an environmental pollution or exporting an environmental impact to a more disadvantaged community than your own. So you're yeah. taking that plastic and um, it goes to the whole point of, of Jessa about reducing and reusing first, because when you actually generate that item, it doesn't just disappear when you put it in the blue bin. Now it actually is taking that negative <clears throat> footprint and impact and putting it into a community that definitely doesn't have the resources to take care of it, that needs the seventh C folks to step in and take care of it. And I find that idea of environmental justice where we are, constantly polluting vulnerable marginalized communities because it's cheaper to do so and then it keeps them cheap and keeps them poor so that we keep doing it and it's this gnarly cycle instead of doing a seventh c notion where you move it over to being a positive cycle a, vir- a more virtuous cycle than that I, it's mm-hmm. yeah I, I i couldn't agree more and and again this is something that again people are are waking up to in in a big way right now um, we've been through a really hard time, but I think that it's you know, <laughs> all of us as a people. And but I think that it, it's made a lot of us much more aware of of what we do in in all areas of our our life, and and that kind of awareness and and awareness and how we're all connected. Um, you just made me think of James again, you know, and and Opalith. and um, yeah. So the other the other side of that is once it's in the blue bin it, you know, it can become something else. That's what we, you know, not only do we need to be cutting down what we use in a massive way. And, and I believe we are, but we, uh, yeah, we, we can make cool stuff with this that we can, we can use again. We don't need to, it, it definitely, it costs a little bit more, but that's where our awareness and, and our hearts come into play, you know, and, um, and also imagination which I think is something else that I feel like uh, we, we lack at times. Um, you know, we, we need to get creative again and, and we are, um, but, but all of us, you know, one thing I'm, I'm hoping that this does is it inspires people to do the same thing because seventh C though, I, I, I see it going somewhere, going somewhere great. I, we're just a very small, very small piece of the puzzle and everyone, you know, should have their, their own version of this. You know, we all have ways to help people and help the environment and give back just like you two are doing, you know, you, thank you. You're, you're welcome. We appreciate that. And I appreciate you bringing up, um, James at Opolis optics for our listeners. Um, you're what you're demonstrating is it doesn't have to go into the blue bin or if it does then we can make it into something better we can upcycle it into something else a durable good that doesn't end up you know in in the ocean and then on some island that didn't have anything to do with it in the first place that idea of imagination and innovation 
not to get all patriotic, but that's why we're here, right? That's the American <laughs> dream. Is like we we started our economy from coming up with new ways of doing things, and like let's just right. get out of our own way and come up with like I keep saying the word life, but what I'm trying to get at is <laughs> is there is no such thing as waste because I, it can I, be used. It definitely can be. Yeah, there's there's really. Um, like on the island, there there are four different types of waste, and really only one of them is cannot be that that has to go to landfill. Really, so you know most things we can we can repurpose, or it can be composted, or you know recycled. There's, but I I think that um, and maybe people have gotten the wrong message about that in in some ways that. That uh, repurposing and recycling, even re reusing, um, that uh, that it's it's not as viable as it actually is, but it is. And I think people are relearning that. I, I remember being being kids and recycled, reduce, reuse, and everything. I was I was probably my five year old self at that time. Oh. It's funny. I like growing up. I remember my grandmother who grew up. You know, I don't the depression maybe, or with parents who are in the depression, something like that with, mm-hmm. um, you know, scarcity of resources. And she would always reuse like cool whip tubs and bread bags. And I'm like, you know, grandma, but now I'm doing that myself. I'm like, Oh, this uh-huh. is a dog bag. And this is a to go container and like glass jars. Yep. And, and I've just started doing this. Like I would say the last, you know, maybe six to 12 months. And like you said, behavior is changing. Like I, yeah. Mine have changed and just looking at things differently. And now, like I bristle at some of the things that I used to throw away and not think twice about it. So yeah. it's it's the awareness. Um, and I kind of want to pivot just a little bit. If, real, you know, real quick before you up. do, don't you feel don't you feel so much more creative and resourceful when you do that rather than just reaching for the next thing, tossing it like. Oh yeah. You you can feel good good about doing it in more oh, ways yeah. than no, one. I'm patting myself on the back, posting it to Instagram. Yeah. Hey yeah. guys, look how good I am. <laughs> posting it to Instagram, nice. <laughs> um, no, I do feel good, but I also like feel like oh, I sh- I should have been doing this for a long time, and um, yeah. and now Progress. yeah, it's funny. But yeah. I was gonna say I can't even look at a plastic water bottle anymore. I'm like, who's still buying these? But I know <sighs> people are, and it's. Anyway, it's, it's brutal, and 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 the fact that we've gotten used to ingesting that, thinking that we're not getting at anything in our system from the plastic, that's where um, I'll leave it. I'll leave it at this. Our next post uh, on Instagram is is probably going to change a couple minds about drinking Either. from plastic water bottles. Oh, yeah, it's hard to first. Watch Seventies <laughs> Instagram. Um, I know I, I will. I follow you guys. We'll repost it when uh, we see it. And, oh, thank you. <laughs> and so something I wanted to talk about is with, when you hear about 7C and the business model, I, I'm making an assumption that people will make an assumption that it's a nonprofit. And that's something mm-hmm. Laura and I talk a lot about is the idea of using for-profit business for good and having sustainable, regenerative, stakeholder-focused models. And so can you talk and explain 
the idea of Summit C and like the business model that you're using and, and how you guys are being able, out, I know you're doing a crowdfunding project, but how you'll be able to fund the operations. Right. Well, the, this is all going to be at, at some point transparent on our site. The one, the big thing that I believe in is everyone being able to see actually where all the money is going, even as a for-profit company. I think that that's where um, not-for-profits and non-profits, people stop trusting them because if you can't really see that something is happening with with what you're you're giving them and putting towards these causes, of course people are going to lose lose heart. And so the the most important thing is that we're always showing what what we do that we're actually doing it. And so I'm sorry, I kind of lost track of your question a, a little bit. You oh, I was just asking um, to you know explain the the business model because you guys are for profit, but right. it, it might be assumed that you're a nonprofit. But at the same time, it's like for profits can do good in doing transparency and how you guys are going to fund your operations. Right. So the the big thing is, again, showing people that we're doing what we actually say we're going to do. So a big part of our budget goes into creating content that is always new and showing people that we're, we're doing what we say we're going to do. And later on, we're, we'll be able to link people who, through memberships and things like that, to actually be able to make a call and talk to a sea savior. Like if you buy a a shirt or a hoodie or, or, or something like that from us, which, which that'll be some of our signature uh, apparel, ethically made, sustainably sourced. And also I'd like to give a shout out to, to Ustrive, who's our manufacturer in Los Angeles, who they're amazing. Scott, um, they, they do everything right here in the States, which is just, they, they set the bar really high. So anyway, through, through memberships, through selling, uh, apparel and reusable things and, and sustainable products of our own. But in time, what we're going to do is we're going to build a marketplace with companies like Opolis, other, other companies like ours, where every single thing, not only is it sustainable and ethically made, but it's also going to give one of our sea saviors a day to clean as well. So the way I look at it is, is if we're, if we're truly giving back, we're truly doing what we say we're going to do. And like I said, everybody cares. And when they see that, we'll get the support that we need. And we have already. It's That's it's amazing. Cool. So, so if like people are buying, for example, like your apparel and like a sweatshirt, the proceeds from that sweatshirt are going to the salary of the sea saviors to clean up the beaches. Yeah, in in general, like it's it's about twenty percent that goes directly towards cleaning beaches right off the top. Like if we're looking at a a, a shirt, you know, a, an organic cotton shirt that costs fifty dollars, ten dollars of that is going directly toward hiring somebody for a day. That's approximately what it costs in in the Philippines to hire somebody to clean for a day. And by that, by the way, that's a living wage. That's feeding a family, happy, you know, insurances, everything all taken care of. So that's awesome. Um, that was my next question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Again, the, Jeremy, but is it a living wage? <laughs> yes. Yes. Living wage. Uh -huh. And so again, it's, it's about the transparency of it. Another, you know, 20% is going toward our marketing. 
another 20% toward business development, another t- product development. And I'm leaving, leaving something out. There's another 20% cushion in there, but um, essentially that's, yeah, that's it. Cool. Thank you for being so transparent with that. I, yeah. I love it. That, yeah. that helps make it very clear. And I was going to say too, you know, as you're talking about investing in marketing and I think it's really interesting because, you know, for example, if you're looking up like charity navigator, I know you guys aren't a nonprofit, but if you want to see transparency and someone sees 20% for marketing, it might be like, well, that's a high marketing budget. But I think what Mm -hmm. you said is critical. It's like the awareness. It's It's not not high enough for marketing. (laughs) It's like bringing it in and letting people know like what's going on. I want exactly. to comment that your it's a premium product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a, it's a premium product and you're appropriately priced to take care of the people that you're taking care of, to take care of the environment that you're taking care of. And yeah. some people, they may gawk and be like, I want to pay 50 bucks for a t-shirt. And it's like, well, I would gawk at paying $10 for a t-shirt unless it was reused, it's, unless it was already used. A big part that, of it. Yeah. And, and for the people who are, who are already in, in that market, that premium, um, you know, that quality. And also if you're looking at an organic shirt, we're cheaper than a lot of organic cotton shirts actually. And $10 of it guaranteed is going to hire somebody for a day for you. In in essence, you know, when you buy something from us, you're, you're in essence hiring that person. Exactly. That like, is that connection that I love. Yeah. I feel like I'm involved in economic yeah. development in a community that I'm partly responsible for trashing. True. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is it's people who are, are taking responsibility. You know, we, we know we're all connected and, and we're becoming more and more aware of it. This is just an opportunity to do something about it. Really. It's, it's honestly, I, I, I laugh in a way because it really is the simplest idea a, f- a five-year-old my five-year-old self would have said something like this and and that actually was the when i when i was uh the question that came to mind even when i was in in high school and picking up trash on the beach leaving when i was oh, did the sound go out jessa yeah okay i was like i can't hear anything is it just me yeah, Jeremy, we were like on waiting with bated breath. It went out. I know. Jer- oh, you were on a roll. Can you hear us? Okay, so I I think I'm gonna. <laughs> Sorry, guys, bear with us one moment. Um, but but we um. So what I was, I was thinking about, you know, as Jeremy is sharing this with us and about, you know, this is an idea his five-year-old self would have come up with, I think is so interesting because it's, you know, like, again, I go back to what I said earlier is these problems are so big. They can seem very overwhelming to, um, (laughs) to tackle. And there's some really big problems that people are working on. Like, for example, you know, the COVID vaccine, like science, like innovation, but you don't need to be, you know, first in your class at like MIT or something to launch a business that improves the world. And I think approaching it with, you know, I would say like a childlike viewpoint 
can make something that seems very complicated, very simple and very, I would say like achievable and the ability to make process like progress. So I think that's really interesting in, in seeing things with fresh eyes and frankly, probably even talking with children. I'm sure like if you ask, like if you have kids and you ask them, like, how do we pick up trash? Like they would give you some very interesting, uh, some feedback. Jeremy, are you back with us? You're muted. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. I'm fully. <laughs> That's weird. We were just saying how, yeah, the, the AirPods sometimes, but. Yeah, this is not an advertisement for AirPods. We will say that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I know I brought it up several times now, but that, you know, getting back to what really, what you really truly value. I, I, I hope that people listening can, can take that away because we've all got those things that matter to us and have mattered our entire life. And, you know, the, the ocean has just been, I love nature in any way. Um, but the ocean has just been where I've spent a lot of time surfing and, and I, see that problem just like a lot of people do and this is an idea that so many people have had i just you know this is just the way i i'd like to make an impact for now and then when seven c gets gets much larger then i'll find you know other ways to to help and make a bigger impact what i'm hearing is you're leading from your authentic self which is Oftentimes, your childlike wonder or the youth that's inside you, you've mentioned tapping into your five-year-old self, what would that person say? And my five-year-old self, I remember uh, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and when it was really cold in the wintertime, you could see the exhaust coming out of the cars, whereas in the summer, you can't see it. But because I could see it and I brought awareness to it, I was like, isn't that gross? Like, that seems pretty gross, like, ill. And mm -hmm. as a kid going ill, and that stuck with me forever is that I just don't like trash. I don't like waste. I don't like pollution. You instinctually like, know it. Those instincts are still there. They're exactly the same as before. We now know the science behind it. But when you were a kid, you're just like, that's not good. They can't like be. <laughs> yeah. No, like it can't, it can't be good. I'm really excited to see what the, ki the kids of the future come up with because I love the vision, the um, image I have in my mind of you guys cleaning up a beach and these kids just chip it in without even an afterthought. It's like, oh, this is what we're doing now. Let's pick this up. That's how I always felt. I, I would see people cleaning up trash on the side of the road and I'm like, well, duh. And whenever I go buy trash on the, I walk by it, trash on the side of the road, I can't not pick it up. Or like on a hike, I can't not pick it up. At the beach, I have to. Cigarette butts drive me nuts at the beach. Right. Like totally nuts. Then wanna... you have to like, to get off the beach, you have to like keep your head up. If you, if you look down, you will be there all day. It's so gnarly. And I want to kind of drive another kind of gross message home is in California, our storm sewer systems carry anything that's on the streets into the water and it's not filtered. And in San Diego County, um, we have a really bad, um, we don't, we don't house our homeless. We don't take care of them nearly as well as we should. And we don't take care of the beach um, as much as we can. And we had a huge hepatitis outbreak because of the bad stuff getting into the water and that surfers, going out, these people that love the environment, going out into the waves and enjoying mother nature and coming back with hepatitis. 
that's how disgusting yeah. it is. So imagine, imagine exporting that environmental impact to a community that doesn't have nearly as many resources as we do to take care of things. Imagine how much that negativity scales. On the on the island, they they have they have clinics, but there's actually uh, there's no proper hospital even. And this is a surf capital, you know. Cloud Nine is there, world class waves. That's what you know, kind of kind of put it on the on the map. And um, yeah, that's that's actually something that that, that one day I'd, I'd like to like to help with because I was also very sick for the first. Uh, month and a half that I was there. I got uh, an amoeba, a stomach virus, and dengue fever, all in succession. Oh my gosh. Are you okay? 20 pounds. It, while I was there, we were doing our first cleanups. and didn't matter if I was in air conditioning or, or outside, I was just sweating bullets. That's awful. But, you know, like... Like I was saying, the the challenge is when you when you follow these these dreams, it doesn't mean the challenges are just going to step out of the way. I think the universe questioned uh, or tested me. You know how how bad do you want this? And I, there were there were a couple nights where I'm, I was like, I think I I got to go home or I gotta I gotta do something because it was a little scary at times. Dengue, dengue messes with your head. Wow. Yeah. So. How do you so take yeah, care of yourself? You really immersed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you got, yeah, you got to get into it all. Um, how did I take care of myself? Well, how I, do you in general, like as a business owner, getting over these hurdles and overcome these challenges, what are some of your entrepreneurial daily self-care habits? Um, I meditate as long as I can pretty much every morning. As soon as I get out of bed, that's a massive one. Um, and I have to, I have to stay balanced. I've always been very, um, very physical. Um, I grew up playing ice hockey here in California and got to travel a lot just around here in Canada and whatnot. That, that was kind of the beginning of my travels. And, um, and then later got into jujitsu and, you know, of course, surfing. There are all these different things that I like to do, but if you stop doing one for like a week, all of a sudden you're out of shape with it. Um, so try to try to cycle all these things, yoga, um, my eating habits, uh, you know, I, I've actually this entire, uh, kind of three year journey, I, I started intermittent fasting and, uh, and more recently I, I stopped eating meat altogether, but I'll, I'll reintroduce meat on a, on a more balanced, um, regimen, <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, that goes a lot to, to what we're saying in general. And I think that's why you asked the, the question is, uh, how, do, how do I stay balanced? So I, I definitely have had to learn again um, how important me time is. Because, uh, and, yeah, and I'll, if I go, I forget to exercise, like, after three days, then, yeah, just don't, don't feel right. But, yeah. I wish I had that problem. You know, like to exercise or, or? Um, I like to be in a habit of exercising. Yeah, when you're in the flow of it, you mean. Is that, is that what you're getting at? This isn't about me, Jeremy. So <laughs> this, as much as I try to make it about myself. Um, so. the, well, thank you for sharing all that. And I think um, 
I mean, I feel like we could probably get to our three point landing. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I, I mean, unless there's anything else you want to share, uh, we could, we could wrap up with the three point landing, the three key takeaways. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any, anything else we've, we've touched on enough. One, I, I want to thank you both again so much for what you do and, oh, and, you know, inviting me to come on. Um, so yeah, for, for takeaways, my, I think the biggest one really is uh, I, I hope that this inspires people to find their fluency, whatever it is to you, whatever that five-year-old self is in yourself to, uh, to, to go find it and don't be afraid because uh, it, it won't be easy, but your soul tribe will show up and, and help you along the way. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. So don't be afraid to, to go on that search, go on walk about, and and lastly, yeah, please support us, 7c.org. The uh, crowdfunding's coming up on May 11th. We're doing pre-launch pledges right now. So if you want to get involved and check out what we're doing, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Really yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for sharing and being so nice and um, saying thanks to us. I mean, it's really a mutual pleasure, isn't it? Just to yeah. get to talk about all the things where it's like, tell us your story and, and all these beautiful connections. I'm just, I'm feeling really inspired by by you and I'm gonna join your, your pre-launch pledges. Encourage everybody else to go to 7thc.org, um, the for-profit business that's gonna change our relationship and heal the sea. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Send it, Jessa. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Orion Podcast. If you're looking for a thoughtful gift for yourself or others, shop ethical jewelry with a story at article22.com. Enjoy 10% off qualifying purchases with promo code ORION10. That's www.article22.com and code ORION10. Enjoy!